This is JDSA's Law Talk. This is the program that gives you the straight facts on our laws and how they affect your everyday personal and professional life. Employee handbooks. Creating an employee handbook can bring many benefits. However, for some businesses, developing one is sometimes overlooked or worse, simply thrown together. But why? Why are employee handbooks so important? What should be included in one? And how can a handbook help a business run more smoothly? This episode is the first in a two-part series. Today, attorney Todd Keyes joins the show to discuss employee handbooks and why they're important. Todd, always good to talk to you. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'd imagine that in the case of employee handbooks, simply slapdashing one together would be almost worse than not having one at all. Yeah, you know, that's exactly right. That uh, If you're going to do an employee handbook, you got to do them right. Otherwise, it's going to create more problems than it solves. Well, that's why we're here to have this conversation. We're going to give people an idea of what they need to do to make sure they do it right. That's coming your way next, right here on JDSA's Law Talk. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Hear more programs and read in-depth articles on the law at JDSALaw.com. Welcome back to JDSA's Law and Talk. If you have a question about today's topic or a topic suggestion for a future episode, email us at lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. Talking with featured attorney Todd Keyes about employee handbooks and why they are so darn important. Todd, let's begin at the beginning. Let's do the basics. What is exactly an employee handbook? Well, that's a great question. You know, employee handbooks can uh, take a lot of shades and a lot of shapes. Um, in general, it's a consolidated place where the rules of the road for a given employer are set forth. And those uh, are intended, uh, the most successful ones, that is, uh, are designed to provide an, a guiding document, an opportunity for people to come together with a unified goal and mission for the success of the employer. In most cases, roads go two ways. So setting expectations for not only the employer, but the employee as well, yes? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's a kind of a living, breathing document that's intended to reflect the goals and aspirations of the leadership of the company, uh, as well as the kind of uh, guidelines and rules for the employees. We're talking about company culture, policies, procedures, all of that stuff, right? That's correct. All right. We'll get into that in a separate episode of JDSA's Law Talk. In the meantime, let's talk about requirements. Have-tos versus shoulds. Are employers required to provide an employee handbook? No, they're not. That's the uh, the interesting point. The the employee handbook's typically made up of three different categories of uh, material. The first are those required notices or policies that an employer has to have. For example, in Washington, we have a mandatory paid sick leave program that has mandatory policies. Those policies can be standalone or they can be included in a handbook. So okay. that would be sort of your mandatory category. The second category would be the, if you're going to do this, you are required to have a policy. Okay. For example, drug testing. All right. Uh, The third category are the uh, discretionary or optional ones, and those are the company culture, philosophy, direction, guidelines, portion of of the organization that everybody that has an employer knows they exist, and oftentimes they aren't written down. Now, I know some employers choose not to have an employee handbook, but there are, I'm sure, several important reasons why many employers do choose. What are some of the greatest hits you've seen? Biggest reasons why? You know, I think uh, the Probably the, the best reason to have one uh, is to provide some uniformity of how you handle and proceed and deal with situations. For example, uh, 
if you have specified the dress code for an organization in a handbook and you follow that dress code direction in your handbook, uh, you've actually uh, made a uh, lot of headway in building the culture of how people want to appear and present themselves in their place of employment. If you don't have that kind of language in your handbook, then you leave it up for interpretation. And whenever there's interpretation, there's an opportunity for differences of opinions. And whenever there's opportunity for difference of opinions, there's opportunity for conflict. So it's really a chance to avoid conflict, uh, kind of unify everybody with a common goal and perspective for the company, and, uh, and allow it to get on with business and avoid some of those unnecessary distractions. Speaking with a broad brush here, I have to imagine that a well-crafted employee handbook can be a human resources team's best friend. Exactly right. It can be your best friend. It can also be your worst enemy if it <laughs> is not properly drafted. I'm sure. Sometimes federal and state laws are at, not at loggerheads, but they're a little different. Can employee handbooks help with that as well? Yeah, you're not going to change the existence of the laws with your handbook, obviously, but you can uh, document and reconcile and uh, attempt to uh, navigate the differences in them in the manual so or your handbook so that the employee has an awareness of uh, the different rules that are at play and what their options are and rights are under those different rules. We've talked big picture. Let's get into the nitty-gritty next. We'll talk about some of the expanded reasons why employee handbooks are a good idea that's coming your way next right here on JDSA's Law Talk. You're listening to JDSA's Law Talk, brought to you by JDSA Law, one of the largest full-service law firms in north-central Washington. Water law. It can be full of challenges. At JDSA Law, we routinely review the laws that impact ownership, management, and protection of your water rights. This is how we make your life better. Committed to you since 1946. JDSA Law. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Hear more Law Talk programs now at JDSALaw.com. Welcome back to JDSA's Law Talk. Remember, you can always connect with us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search for at JDSA Law. I'm your host, Clint Strand, talking with featured attorney Todd Keyes about employee handbooks and why they're important. Todd, we painted with the broad strokes uh, in our last conversation. Let's get into the nitty gritty here. Some expanded reasons why employee handbooks would be a good idea. Probably one of the biggest reasons, I would think, is simply to keep your workplace safe. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, safety uh, falls in a variety of different ways. One of them may be on the requirement to wear safety vests when on the, uh, in the company factory. That would be a reasonable thing to include in your safety manual within your handbook. Uh, another might be where you want people to park so they don't get in the way of freight trucks coming in and out. That would be another example. Sometimes you just say generally to comply with the safety rules and regulations, and then you have your safety officer be um, enunciating given rules for specific aspects. Sometimes there are food safety concerns in the case of agriculture, and we want to have clarity as to where people can do certain things. For example, safety about keeping animals, domestic animals, out of the orchards. Uh, statements about where you can smoke and where you can't smoke. Statements about hygiene. All of those sorts of things go into not only the safety of the employee, the safety of the workplace, and the safety of your product for your consumer. So, safety. What's another good reason why you might want to consider an employee handbook? You know, I think uh, um, it's helpful to set expectations uh, within the employment group. Uh, like, um, what happens if I have a concern? 
what happens if I feel like I'm being mistreated? Where do I go? Well, if you feel like you're being mistreated, ultimately the four-letter word for any company, not literally, but of course, lawsuit. I'm sure that these can help to steer away or dissuade lawsuits if expectations are clearly spelled out. Yes? Exactly. If the employee knows that uh, these are the behaviors that are uh, unacceptable and there's a path in the agree- the handbook that says the employee should notify these people if the unacceptable behavior occurs so that it can be resolved and the employee doesn't, then the employer has a defense to those issues by uh, no- letting them know, hey, I wasn't aware of this problem, so um, judge, I shouldn't be... Um, subject to liability for things that I had no idea were happening and couldn't solve. I know words sometimes like culture, mission, values, they can be poo-pooed or thought of as just one of those soft cliches, but if it's done right, a culture, a mission, a value, it is integral to a company and why it exists. A handbook can reinforce those things, can't they? Yeah, that's exactly right. I I think some of the best handbooks have at the start of them a statement from the leadership of the organization where they define the the culture of the organization. They define the uh, values and quality of the products that are provided and the mission and objectives of the company and its uh, leadership. Um, Invite the employees to uh, join and participate in that uh, vision and leadership and then set forth the... um, understandings of what it's going to take for everyone to get there. And an employee handbook ought to do all of those. Any employer-employee relationship at the bottom line has to deal with expectations. Here's what I'll pay you on the 1st and the 15th, but in return, I expect this. Can an employee handbook reinforce those in black and white terms? Sure. So it's generally a good idea to include in there things like that, the technical details of uh, how pay is calculated, when it's paid, Is it paid by the hour? Is it paid by the piece in the case of agricultural workers? Is it paid uh, weekly, monthly, bi-monthly? How's vacation calculated? How can vacation be taken? When can it be taken? Some of those technical details are also appropriate to put in, although they aren't required to be put in. They are are helpful to be put in because then it becomes a reference tool for the employee. They can say, hey, I don't remember what the vacation rules were. They can open up their handbook or their policy, see the section on vacation Ah, that addresses it. If they still have questions, typically the handbook would say they need to go see this person to clarify those issues. They have a roadmap now towards resolving any issues. What about legal responsibilities for any particular employees? Is it good to have those down on paper? Well, um, I'm thinking specifically, let me be more direct in my question. If you're working with a government sector, they have very clear guidelines and very clear expectations about what should be done. Can it help to have that in an employee handbook when you're dealing with that level of uh, specificity? Certainly. Anytime there are um, required Uh, conduct to be done by anyone, whether it's a supervisor or an employee, whether it's for a government agency or a a private industry that has certain um, requirements for whom it's contracting. For example, ag has many requirements for contracting in its export market. Anytime you have uh, those sorts of um, externally imposed uh, performance requirements on you, and you have an opportunity to set them out clearly in a handbook or manual, it's a great idea to do that. Any employer would much rather 
foster open communication as opposed to litigation. So can these employee handbooks in some ways work to foster more open communication between leadership and the rank and file? Yeah, they can. And, and again, uh, um, that's part of the importance of specifying where people ought to go to address concerns or questions. If they don't know and the management doesn't know or there's uh, differences of um, direction given depending on who they ask, you can uh, increase the likelihood of, of problems arising because you're increasing the confusion involved. And if the agreement clearly specifies uh, these are the individuals to speak with, uh, these are the uh, process that they are to undertake when they have questions or concerns, then you resolve all of those, uh, or you resolve many of those risks, um, and you can actually uh, help uh, resolve the underlying questions. I have to think also with open communication that almost dovetails with a culture building and mission and values in the sense that you let em- your employees know that look, we want you to speak up. We want you to be vocal about this. We want you to be open about this. This is the type of workplace that we want to create. Absolutely. And, and you know, reassuring them that there's, uh, there will be no adverse consequences to raising legitimate questions and concerns and that those are welcome and part of becoming a better place to work. Featured attorney Todd Keyes letting us know about employee handbooks and why they're so important. We've covered a lot of ground. We'll tie it all together. It's coming your way next right here on JDSA's Law Talk. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Hear more Law Talk programs now at JDSALaw.com. Intellectual property. From trademarks to content licenses, we simplify things. At JDSA Law, we help businesses navigate intellectual property laws. This is how we make your life better. Committed to you since 1946. JDSA Law. This is JDSA's Law Talk. Join the conversation. Send us your comments and questions to lawtalk at jdsalaw.com. Welcome back to JDSA's Law Talk. Now, remember, if you'd like to hear a discussion about another legal topic that's affecting you personally or professionally, listen to other episodes of JDSA Law Talk at jdsalaw.com. Com. I'm your host, Clint Strand, talking with featured attorney Todd Keyes about employee handbooks. Todd, we covered a lot of ground here, so let's bring it all together. What few points would you want our listeners to really take away from this conversation? I guess the first and foremost would be in evaluating your current policies and current handbooks and current practices, you need to be pretty mindful of what you currently have and where you would like them to be. The ability to buy a handbook off the shelf and think you can roll it out is misplaced. They are custom-built documents for each employment relationship because each employment relationship represents the goals and aspirations and expectations of the ownership, and it represents the culture of the employees. And you have got to have both of those reconciled and represented in the document to have it be successful. Every business is unique, so every handbook should be as well. Right. And good thing we have uh, folks who can help folks out with that, right? Good good thing, indeed. Yes, like our friend Todd. Todd Keyes, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Pleasure to be here. And thanks for joining us for this episode of JDSA's Law Talk. Remember, if you have a legal matter and require solid legal advice, connect with a member of the JDSA Law team at jdsalaw.com. You can also hear Law Talk episodes on other topics and submit your questions or suggestions for a future show. I'm your host, Clint Strand. Thanks again for joining us on JDSA's Law Talk. You've been listening to JDSA's Law Talk. 
Topics covered in this program are for informational purposes only and are not intended to be professional advice. Before making any legal decision, seek the advice of a relevant professional. To ask a question, arrange a meeting with a JDSA attorney and find Law Talk episodes on other topics. Connect with us at JDSALaw.com. Thanks again for joining us on JDSA's Law Talk.